In this video, I'm going to be covering some of the basic settings to customize what information is stored for your on-time items, how that information is displayed when adding or editing items, and how you can configure your workflow so you can tailor on-time to fit any of your needs. By default, on-time has a number of standard fields, which will allow you to go and assign items to different users, set due dates or priorities, but if you would need to create additional fields which are not included in this list, just go to Tools, Manage, Fields, and you can add any custom fields. I'll create a new field called QA Notes, and I'll set it to be a large text field. When you create a custom field in OnTime, you're creating an extra column in the database where you can store information. However, now in order to interact with that information, like my new QA field, I would need to edit this form, my field template, in order to enter in any information for my QA notes. So to manage field templates, just go to Tools, Manage, Fields, and Field Templates. Right now, I only have a single field template, so whenever I view or edit any items in OnTime, I will get the same options. When setting your field template, you can see all of the fields that are available on the left, and you can tick them on or off to be visible. And you'll see down at the bottom, my new QA Notes field. So by tagging this on, clicking Save. Now when I edit my item, I'll be able to see my QA Notes field down at the bottom because I've made it visible in my template. You can select which fields are included on the field template. Set any default values. These would only be used when adding new items. So you can set fields like the start date or set a default priority. You can decide which fields would be required, any ones which would be editable, and you can use these arrows to move the fields up and down on your field template. Now I'll create a copy of my default template so I can make some changes. What I'm going to do is create an add template, so I'll have very few fields just for when adding new items to my database. Perhaps just selecting a title, project, maybe start date, due date, and a few other fields. And I'll uncheck my QA notes because I won't have anything to test because I'm just adding items. When I click to add a new item, I'll see only the fields I have selected and made visible on my field template. Most of your fields will only take up half the width of the template, so it'll add one field, add the next field, and then skip down a line. We can go and use this for our advantage for when grouping similar fields. So in order to group these three date fields, I would want to make sure that I have a visible field in between each of my date fields. So it'll go date, some other field, another date field, some other field, and then another date field. To do this, I'll go back to my field template, select my date field, and make sure that I've got another standard field between these two. So I'll move the priority between these two. And then between the due date and completion date, I'll add the assign to field. 
Now when I add an item, I'll see all of my date fields neatly organized together. When editing your field template, you can also select which fields are required. So any fields that are required will not allow you to save the field template unless the field has been populated. So something you may want to do is set the due date to be required. Now when I go to add any items, I'll see any required fields in bold, and it will not allow me to save my new item until I enter any of the required information. If you use the quick add feature by typing C, it will include any required fields as well. Having multiple templates with different required or visible fields will be helpful later when using different field templates for our workflow steps. Now in the next part of the video, we're going to take a look at setting up your workflow. Workflow is how you can customize your process that all of your items take when fixing a bug, implementing a new feature, or addressing help desk issues. So we'll go to Tools, Manage, Other, and Manage Workflow. You can have as many or as few steps as you would like, but each step would be like a box in a flowchart. So for each box in your flowchart, you would just add another step. I wouldn't worry too much about this order. This order is just the order that your steps will show in the drop-down menu. We'll be able to set the progression a little bit later. I'll select my first step, click Edit, and see the options when configuring our workflow. The first step is very simple, just adding a step name. But the next step is where we can take step actions. What a step action can do is that whenever an item is moved into a new workflow step, it can change any of the fields to whatever selected on the right. So some common examples of this are whenever an item is completed, under step actions, you can select to change the completion date to the current date change the status to being closed, change the percent complete to 100%, and take the remaining estimate down to zero. If this box is checked to change, it will automatically change the current value to whatever is selected in the right. So if the box for change is checked and there's nothing included on the right, it will blank out the information. So if you're ever changing items to a new workflow step and you find information disappearing, it will still be stored in the audit trails. However, you might want to check that you don't have any boxes checked under step actions with no value selected. Under the next tab for edit template is where you can select which edit template will be used while the item is in the selected step. This is where you can select which field template will be used whenever adding items. And if you have any other field templates, you can select them for the appropriate step. So let's add a few other field templates. I'll rename this to new. And we'll use this whenever adding items. And then I'll create another copy. And I'll create a new field template whenever an item is approved. Something you may want to do when an item has been approved is then go and assign it to a developer or someone to work on the item. So I'll take the assign to field 
make that required. And now whenever an item is moved to my approved stage, I'll have to assign it to a user. And I'll create one more for when an item is completed. And I'll say whenever an item is completed, I'll have to go and have my QA team leave some notes. And in fact, I'll make these required as well. So now once you've added all of your field templates, we can assign these to the appropriate workflow steps. So just go back to the manage workflow screen. Under my new stage, I have my new field template selected. Once an item has been approved, I'll select my approved field template. And I'll use the same field template for these two stages as well. And select my completed field template for my completed stage. So now whenever adding a new item, I'll get my add item template. And now if I go to change the workflow step, I'll see it update my field template and now the assigned to field is required. So I won't even be able to save it in my approved stage until I've gone and assigned it to a new developer. And then when an item is moved to my completed stage, I'll have my completed field template and I'll see my QA notes field required down here at the bottom. There's also an option called force edit whenever selecting your edit template for a workflow step. What the force edit option does is that whenever an item is moved into the selected step, it will launch the edit template. So for instance, right here, if I change my workflow step from my new request to the approved stage, I can move right there because I'm not using my force edit. But you might remember that the assigned to field is actually required in this step. So I shouldn't have been able to save it. So we recommend if you're ever moving to a new step where information is required using the field templates, that you check the option to use force edit. So now whenever I take an item, change the workflow and go to the approved stage, it will automatically launch my edit template and not allow me to save the item until I input all the required information. The next main option we have when managing the workflow is to select the allowed next steps. So you can see for this item in the new request stage, I can move it to any workflow step. If you would like to restrict it only to certain steps like approved or rejected, then under your workflow settings, just select the current step. Then under allowed next steps, select which steps a user would be able to move it to. So in this case, just approved and rejected. And then you can select which users would be able to move it to the selected step. So you may want to allow perhaps developers and testers and project managers to be able to reject an item because perhaps it's already been fixed in a later build or a developer may already be working on a similar item. But in order to approve an item, perhaps only project managers and scrum masters would be able to move it to the approved stage.
Now, when I log in as a project manager, whenever I select an item in the new request stage, I would only be able to select approve or rejected. I would not be able to automatically move it to the completed stage. If you're logged in as an administrator, however, you would always have the privilege to use the admin override and the administrator can move it to any step they select. So when setting up your workflow, if you're using a flowchart as a guide, all of the steps would be the boxes in your workflow and the allowed next steps would be the connections, how to move from one step to another. So if you're using a flowchart as your guide for setting up your workflow, all of your steps would be the boxes in your flowchart and any connections would be the allowed next steps. So when an item is being tested, you could also select that it can either be sent back to be in development or in fact it has been completed and select whomever would be able to make those changes. Most of the configuration for your workflow will be decided within these first three tabs, setting up step actions, setting up your field template for the workflow step, and setting the allowed next steps. But under other actions, we can automate some changes in workflow based on if a new email comes in for an item, or if a new file is checked in or committed using source control. One scenario where using email to change workflow step can be helpful is in a customer service setting. So if I'm ever working with a customer and I resolve the issue, then if a customer ever replies having other questions about an item, it can automatically send it to go back to be in progress and get my attention. Let's take item number two. So if I'm working with a customer to resolve an issue, if a customer sends in a new email regarding an item, it will automatically send it back to be in progress. In order for emails to change workflow step, you would also need to have the option enabled under the email account itself. This way you can have certain email accounts be able to change a workflow step while others will just add the email to the item. One example for using source control to change workflow step would be if an item is ever in progress, then just by committing some code, your developers can automatically send it to be ready for testing. Then there's one last tab under other settings, which will allow you to archive any items placed in the step, something you may want to do for your rejected step. You can select to update actual time from the work log. This is done by default whenever you add work logs. However, if you'd like to disable that default under system options, you can select to update the actual time from work log only then under certain workflow steps. And here you can also prompt or require a user to enter a work log entry. An example of this is for the ready for testing step. In order for users to place it to be ready for testing, you can require them to enter in work log entries. Obviously, this item didn't just fix itself. The developer must have spent some time and done some work, and we want to make sure that they're logging their work for either billing purposes or to ensure that you have accurate burndown charts. 
you can also set up workflow step notifications. So whenever an item is moved to a new workflow step, you can notify any of the users or customers. And this is a great way so I could go and notify my testers that a new item is now ready for testing. Now that we've taken a look at some of the options for setting our workflow, I'd like to create a new item, move it through the workflow steps, and we can see the consequences of our configuration. I'll click C to create a new item. Now when I change the workflow to approved, because I have force edit checked, it will automatically launch the new edit template and I will be forced to assign it to a user. Now my new user can move it to be in progress. And now if I change it to be ready for testing, it will automatically prompt me to enter in a work log and automatically notify QA. When changing the item to the completed workflow step, it will update the completion date using a step action, and it will force my testers to leave their QA notes down at the bottom. In this video, we've covered creating custom fields, then creating our field templates to interact with those fields. We've created different field templates for different workflow steps. And then under manage workflow, We've configured each workflow step to have name, step actions, select the specific edit template for the workflow step, select which workflow steps an item can be moved to, and use other actions and settings to set up automated actions like archiving items, prompting for work log entries, and automatically changing an item's workflow step when a new email has come in or source control files haven't committed. Thanks for viewing.